You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, and online at fanstreamsports.com and the Fanstream Sports app. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And today's episode of Locked On Rays is brought to you by Built Bar. Promo code Locked On gets you $10 off your first box at Built Bar. Com. Okay, Ulysses, so the last couple weeks we've been discussing some of the Rays' greatest moments, greatest games, and today we got one from one of our dedicated listeners, Ty McCann, who killed it on trivia last week. <laughs> and by the way, we also have another listener that'll be uh, highlighted on trivia for today's show, Sujin Patel. We'll see how he does. Um, but here's what Ty McCann had to say. It's actually a moment that came in an all-star game. So I'll go ahead and uh, read it. Uh, Gents, I thought I would suggest a Devil Rays moment, and it took place in San Francisco in the 2007 all-star game. We all know that in uh, 2009, Crawford came away with the all-star game MVP because of his robbed homer. But do you remember that he also hit a home run in the sixth inning of the 2007 Midsummer Classic and to this day is the only raid to do so. Home runs are at times what decide the somewhat arbitrary MVP award, especially when there are no other clear standouts. It might have been bad timing for CC though, because three AL players hit one that day, including MVP Ichiro. Of course, what set Ichiro apart, however, was his inside-the-park homer, something that CC would have been very capable of doing himself. In the end, I am happy CC got his MVP, even if it was because of his glove rather than his bat. So yeah, 2007, got a home run off Francisco Cordero, who at the wow. time was uh, pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers. By the way, if there's a, a ballpark to hit a home run in, San Francisco's got a got to rank up there as one of the more picturesque, especially it was it was a ball to right field too. So I, I think if there, you know, if you get to get in the major leagues, you feel cool, right? If you get to hit a home run, you feel even cooler. But if you get to do it in some stadiums, you feel even that extra level of coolness. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco definitely gives you that if you have enough pop to to. Uh, hit it to to the bay that that would be even better but yeah no uh, that's that's a great memory uh devil race themed memory uh, yes carl crawford hitting that home run and that is also a great trivia question ty so thank you for that uh, maybe we can use it down um in the season with somebody else uh, yeah but no that's a great memory mm-hmm. and i actually went back and looked at the highlight from that game and it was like it was a Travis Darno, uh, Aroldis Chapman like at bat. Like he was just fouling off pitches, worked a full count. Finally gets a hanging slider. And the ball, it was a it was a line drive home run. And I think if not for a fan leaning over the wall and and snagging that ball, it might have just bounced off the wall. And and CC would have a double, maybe a triple. So it was it barely got out. But hey, 
it still counts as a home run in the books. I'm glad, by the way, that we're – yeah, go ahead. And you you hit – you know, two years before – I think 2009 was the first year of home run replay. I don't know if there was fan interference. Mm-hmm. I know, it, you know, they did it in stages with the replay. But just in time, CC, to get that home run in because um, a couple years later and maybe you would have gotten a review. Also, are there reviews? Have you seen replays during the All-Star game? Now that I'm thinking uh, about it, I don't believe I have. But I haven't seen the All-Star games as much as I had right. in the past. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine... Uh, they can go to it if they need to. Right. I mean, they've got the option, so why not? And it's not like all-star game that you're trying to kind of prolong and endure and enjoy the moment. It's not like, all right, we're trying to speed this game up and get it over right. in two and a half hours. Like they want to make it a long event. I mean, they got the home run derby and, and they've got the futures game and all that stuff tied into it. So I understand um, that, but I don't know if I've, at least I don't think there has been a controversial call right. on to replay because it would be, very outstanding yeah. in my mind, but I don't think it has. By the way, uh, we talk about the that, that 2007 All-Star game. If I had to guess, that was probably a year where the Rays or the Devil Rays at the time get their pity pick. It's like, oh, here's your pick. Carl yeah. Crawford, okay, move along now. Here <laughs> you, you go. It. And he goes and does good things. Also, one of the first players that greeted him in the dugout with a high five and a smile and a good job, buddy, a certain former closer for the Red Sox. Volatile Papelbon? at times. Yes, Papelbon. Wow. Greeted CC with open arms. Little did he know yeah. that mm-hmm. the next year they would be made fools of. That is for sure. That is for <laughs> sure. Also, I'm glad we're talking about Carl Crawford in a good light, not talking about his uh, record label issues and court and Megan the Stallion and everything that's, like that. And that's for another podcast, man. Yes. Also, I, I also learned that um, his son has signed to play college baseball at University of Arizona, and believe it or not, uh, he looks just like Carl Crawford. <laughs> like wow. it is, it is like a little bit thinner, maybe because he's still okay. uh, a high school kid out of uh, Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. But they say, I mean, he, he they say he's got the skill set. He reminds him a lot of CC. Let me guess, he's a fast kid. Yeah, fast hits for average. A lot of gappers. I mean, learn from the best, right? I mean, if your dad has some pointers, you know, tell him, hey, dad. How did you make it up there? Because I want to make it up there as well. Of course. That certainly helps. That certainly helps. Uh, another thing I want to mention and kind of changing gears here. So, Ulysses, how much of the KBO have you been watching? Uh, clips no longer than one minute long. Okay, you're better than me because I've been watching absolutely nothing. No highlights. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Maybe at okay. some point I'll, I'll get to that point. But as of right now, I haven't. But I did learn that there is a former Rays player that signed with the KBO. Wow. The Kingdom oh Heroes. Do you happen to have an idea who that might be? If it's a trick question and it's Manny Ramirez, I'm going to be very upset. No, no. It's a guy who just sort of had a cup of coffee with the Rays back in 2016. Ooh. And he okay. was known for not necessarily, I mean, he was a kind of a utility, versatile infielder type. But it was more his main, his mop. His hair that made him stand. Taylor Motter. Yes. 
Taylor Motter is playing in the KBO this year. Wow, good for him. Uh huh. I heard him on an interview with uh, MLB Radio on Sirius XM, and I was like, why in the heck are they having Taylor Motter on for an interview? <laughs> and then, of course, they get to the the hard-hitting question of playing in the KBO and the transition and everything like that. But that's not a bad spot for a guy. I, I found out that he's making $350,000 over there, plus okay. incentives. And they say the level is somewhere between AA and AAA, the KBO. So you, you get to make money. You get to have success. You get to be valued. I don't blame the guy at all for going over there. Instead of why why toll around in the minor leagues and maybe you know constantly that that game of being shuffled between AAA and maybe MLB. And he wasn't. I mean, he just wasn't successful in the MLB at all. Just couldn't. But he hit. was in the minor leagues, right? Yes. So you're telling me that a minor league successful player gets to still fulfill his dream of being a baseball player, <laughs> gets to actually uh, be in a competitive league where he might be really good or he might just, you know, be one of the guys and, and put up successful numbers. But on top of that, he's actually getting paid like he wants to get paid yes. in the minor leagues. I mean, uh, yeah, that seems like a good get for Taylor Motter. He he gets to provide for his family. And I mean, if there's a year to go over there, this is the year because with social <laughs> yes. distancing and everything, and you can't really live the lifestyle that you'd want to in the States or, or going to, I mean, again, who wants to necessarily play in a double A AA or triple A facility or going to independent ball? I think at one point he was playing in the Dominican league. So this is a great opportunity for him. And yes, you know, Go out there, have fun, bat 280, 290, and, and feel valued over there. I mean, it's not every not everybody's gonna be Mike Trout. Not everybody, not every lawyer is gonna be Alan Dershowitz. There's a place, but it, there's a there can be a place for you, you know? And not even that though, Kev, but like, you know, every situation can be a platform for these players to say, hey, remember me? I can do this. And sometimes when you're not successful in the MLB and they drop you and they release you and now you're tolling in the minor leagues, you're never going to be heard from again. But if you do take, you know what, I'm going to go to the Winter League in Venezuela, in Dominican Republic. I'm going to go to the KBO. I'm going to play in Japan. That might actually give you more traction, even though the competition level might not be as high as AAA. Mm -hmm. It can be between AA and AAA like the KBO is. But it doesn't matter. The fans, that's the MLB for those fans in that country. I mean, right. you're not going to hear a more raucous, you know, uh, crowd than these places. So that's what happens. Taylor Motter is now doing himself a favor by doing the KBO, not only financially, but possibly in the future, some major league team is going to be like, hey, that guy did pretty well in the KBO because mm -hmm. I saw him at ESPN. Yeah. Uh, so you know what? Let's let's bring him in for a minor league contract, spring training invite, whatever. And they might have not done that if he had just toiled away in the minor leagues or right. lived a quarantine life right now. Mm -hmm. And him, uh, him playing over there makes me have like no sympathy for major league players that were poo-pooing the um, like the central city plan of just playing in Arizona or the bubble plan or being like, oh, I've got to be away from my family for four to six months, which I, I get is totally understandable. This guy's playing in Korea making a lot less than you. I mean, still making good money for most people, 99% of the people out there. But, you know, Arizona compared to Korea or wherever, come on. Kevo, I, I, honestly, I never understood that. I don't know. I know that I don't have kids, but I have friends and I have family. Uh, and I've lived abroad, like mm -hmm. you know, uh, longer than, than uh, almost three years. And 
it's a struggle and, and all that, but it can be done. I mean, normal people do this all the right. time, go away from their families and their loved ones and their friends and their home and and just get paid normally uh, and not an exorbitant amount of money like uh, baseball players do. So I never really understood that. Again, yeah. I don't have kids, so maybe my, my opinion would change if I had kids, but I never really understood that point of the of the negatives of not seeing your family for three to four months, I'm like, well, normal people do this all the time. If I had to guess, it's just the union trying to squeeze out another bargaining chip. Well, you know, they got to go to Arizona and be away from the family and everything like that. Here's another thing with Taylor Bonner. Okay. He is replacing another former Rays player on that Kiwoom Heroes roster. The guy's name, Jerry Sands. (laughs) Man, this is a throwback. uh, No, flashback Friday episode. Wow. And Jerry Sands, of course, uh, not necessarily a legend in the uh, in the majors or with the Rays, but last year with the Kiwoom Heroes, batted 305, 28 home runs, 113 RBIs. He's now playing uh, in Japan. Yeah, so you know, forget about Austin Meadows. Sign him up to be your cleanup hitter. There we right go. Now I'm just saying it, it's it's fun to be able to uh, yeah competition's a little bit easier it's fun to kind of beat up on competition sometimes it's a little bit good easier instead him, of everything man. being a challenge you know? good, good for these guys you know get your money play the game that you love still live out your dream get some culture in you man mm-hmm. you know learn about learn some korean learn about the 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 food and, and have some fun and, and meet people awesome good for them they're already calling them thor over there taylor oh. Motter. so <laughs> i think thor. he's maybe mini it, thor if he plays well, he'll be kind of a, a fan favorite, sort of like you know some of the uh, the Japanese or the Korean players are fan favorites over here, like G-Man Choi, for yes. example, and, and Ichiro and, and guys like that. All right, baseball trivia coming up next. All right, Ulysses, Built Bar, I understand that you dove into some Built Bars the other day. Come on, give us your review. I did. The raspberry uh, cream. I've never been a raspberry, strawberry kind of person. I've always kind of just been a chocolate person. So mm-hmm. when you mix it in, I'm not really a fan of that. But man, that was delicious. It was so, so good. Um, and I was feeling a little bit peckish before the gym. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, before my exercising, I was like, you know, let me let me get something in. I didn't want to cheat so much. So I just got a built bar. Man, that really helps me. And by the end of my workout, man, I, I was still going for it. So I, I did a couple of jogs uh, around my property, and I feel good, man. It was great. There we go. And you don't have to brag that you've been working out with a, a former MLB player. You know, we'll we'll keep that on the down low. But you you had to keep up with them. How do you keep up with them? You have a built bar. It's really tasty, man. And uh, I think if you haven't had the raspberry cream, this might become your favorite, Kevin. You know what? I think I'll have to try that this weekend on the golf course or before I go for a lift. I like to have a little protein bar before I, I start to pump the iron a little bit. Uh, of course, I'm only pumping the iron at home, but maybe exactly. it'll, it'll allow me to get a couple extra reps. And here's why you should have Built Bar. Amazing combination of low-calorie, high-protein, low-sugar, no crazy additives. That's the other thing. You look at a lot of these protein bars, you go to your uh, convenience store or grocery store, and it's got like 100 different ingredients. No, not not Built Bar. Uh, If you compare it actually to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it has half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, 
and seven times fewer grams of sugar and more protein. How can it be that good for you and taste that good? Again, engineering, engineering and and some great technology (laughs) is able to pump out some delicious tasting, healthy protein bars, and they're called Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. If you're like me, you probably started thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries, so now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my local favorite restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Ulysses, uh, today we have another special edition of Baseball Trivia, joined by another one of our dedicated listeners, Sujan Patel. See how he does at Trivia. Sujan, thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And, you know, before we get started, um, how did you become a Rays fan? Just kind of outline your past of how you become, became involved in, in following the team and, and growing up loving the sport. Yeah, so um, actually, I'm originally from New York. Uh, so one would think that I was a Yankees fan growing up, but um, I actually just love the sport of baseball. I, I played it as a kid. Uh, I followed, you know, the storylines in baseball, you know, growing up watching Barry Bonds, Griffey, uh, the Red Sox, Yankees rivalry was big in New York, obviously, at the time. Uh, That was in the mid-2000s. And then I moved to Florida in 2006. And, you know, I was excited to, you know, find out that that area had a baseball team. So, you know, obviously they weren't very successful in 2006 or any time before that. Uh, So it was very, you know, the Devil Ray era-esque. Um, but, you know, I started going to games with my dad and starting to fall in love with the team. And obviously, two years later, you know, 2008 happened. And that's when, you know, the fandom was in full-blown race mode. You know, um, I, I think that's so many that, – that highlights – that's, a, you know, a very typical story. You are in Tampa. You you have the accessibility to, to, to go to the TROP and, and, and kind of have that major league – feeling you know you're going to a baseball game but they weren't that successful but 2008 man i think that changed a lot of heads around tampa bay because it did for me i used to go to the games all the time but there wasn't really a a fandom connection yet because it's very difficult to root for somebody that you know is going to lose all the time so 2008 happens and it's amazing now what is one memory that that you always go back to uh, growing up as a as a Rays fan, now here in Tampa, Florida, 
what is one that is always highlighted most in your memory? Um, so surprisingly enough, not any time in 2008, but in 2011, obviously, um, like I was following the Rays really heavily back then in 2011. And that whole September run was just unbelievable, you know, uh, down by nine games to the Red Sox of all teams. And, you know, just coming back that September and then it coming down to the last game of the season, like game 162, you know, I'll never forget. I was just sitting in my living room, you know, on a Wednesday night. You know, school night, I really wanted to go to the game, but I couldn't. I was too young at the time. Uh, just, you know, following, the, you know, baseball and like everything else that's going on at the same time. It was just a completely surreal experience. And Sue John, with that, uh, we know that Ulysses' favorite player is Evan Longoria. My favorite player of all time is Carl Crawford. Who is your favorite player, favorite Rays player of all time? I would have to go with Evan Longoria too. I, mean, I know that's an easy answer, but uh, mm. if you think about it, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was, he was a face of the franchise, you know, back in 2008 when, you know, as a rookie coming on and putting Tampa Bay on the map, you know, not just as a baseball team, but, you know, as a sports city in, in a way, you know, having a young gun like that playing third base uh, and you know, leading the team to crazy, almost completing a crazy underdog story in baseball, you know, knocking off, uh, the, the defending champs in the ALCS and obviously keeping the Yankees from the playoffs as well that year. It was pretty incredible. And I think Evan has a lot to do with that. Ulysses, I don't know if we can continue trivia because if you notice on Sue John's Twitter account, he is a UCF grad and we are Ooh. USF grads. Oh. I don't know. Maybe this will prevent <laughs> us here. Oh, man. You, why, How should we why go did, about this? I was already liking Sue John and you tell me that he goes to UCF. Come on, man. You can't do this. <laughs> Can't do this. It's crazy. Had, had to had to throw it in there. Uh, okay, Sue so John. Without further ado, we'll go ahead and get right into baseball trivia. And today's theme is all-time home run leaders. Ulysses, I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Okay. So first question, Sue John, is who holds the record for most career home runs as a catcher? I can give you options. The options are Carlton Fisk. Johnny Bench, Mike Piazza, or Ivan Rodriguez? Hmm. I'm going to have to go with... Is it Mike Piazza? Correct. He hit 427 career home runs. One down. Okay. Number two. Who holds the most career home runs at the first base position? Is it Jimmy Fox, Rafael Palmeiro, Albert Pujols, or Mark McGuire? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Pujols just hit the 600 club. I don't think McGuire ever hit that. I want to say Pujols. You would be correct. Pujols has 656 career home runs, most of them coming from the first base position. Number three, who holds the lead for home runs in the second base position? Is it Rogers Hornsby, Craig Biggio, Robinson Cano, or Jeff Kent? Uh, what was that first option again? Uh, Rogers Hornsby, Craig Biggio, Jeff Kent, Robinson Cano. I'm going to go with the first one. Rogers Hornsby would be correct. Now, I'm ah. going to give you one more shot, one more strike. Craig Biggio, Jeff Kent, or Robinson Cano? Craig Biggio. Oof. 
Now strike two. Okay, here we go. Jeff Kent, Robinson Cano. Cano? Oh man, Jeff Kent. Oh, man. Jeff, Jeff Kent. Kent. Okay, number four. Who holds the record for most home runs on the third base position? Is it Eddie Matthews, Adrian Beltre, Mike Schmidt, or Chipper Jones? I'm going to go with Mike Schmidt. And you would be correct. Uh, 548 home runs uh, he had uh, in his career. And number five, this is it for me. Uh, Who holds the home run uh, leader uh, crown for the shortstop position? Is it Miguel Tejada, Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken Jr., or Nomar Garcia Parra? I'm going to go with Cal Ripken Jr. And that's correct. He clubbed 345 of his 431 career home runs while playing shortstop. Good job, Sujan. All right, Kevo, your turn. Yeah, let me just say with that last question, I'm get, I'm glad it wasn't a uh, Red Sox or a, or a Yankee that has <laughs> the too. most home runs by a shortstop. Okay, uh, left fielders, who is the all-time home run leader among that position? Left fielders. Ted Williams, Ralph Kiner, Babe Ruth, or Barry Bonds? Uh, Barry Bonds? Yes, you are correct. That's kind of a a throwaway right there. All right. uh, The all-time home run leader among center fielders. Is it King Griffey Jr., Mickey Mantle, Andrew Jones, or Willie Mays? I'm going to go with Willie Mays. Yes, you are correct. Willie Mays, 660 career home runs. King Griffey Jr. was second on that list with 630. Uh, Okay, what about right fielders, who is the all-time home run leader among that position? Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Sammy Sosa, or Reggie Jackson? Oh, Hank Aaron. Yes, Hank Aaron. I, uh, Ulysses, I'm getting all the easy ones here. What's going on? I, I, I've got no challenge. Uh, okay, this this one might be a little bit more difficult. Who is the all-time home run leader among designated hitters? Edgar Martinez, David Ortiz, Travis Hafner, or Hal McRae? Uh, it's got to be David Ortiz. You are correct. 541 career home runs. That's actually the largest lead of any position because Edgar Martinez is second on the list with 309. So it's a difference of 232. Uh, Now, I was going to ask which pitcher has hit the most home runs all time, but that's not really... I mean, all the the choices are guys that... It's it's a very obscure question. So I'm going to switch it around and, and ask which pitcher or former pitcher has allowed the most career home runs in their career. Is it Jamie Moyer, Phil Necro, Bartolo Colon, or Tim Wakefield? I'm going to guess Colon, Bartolo Colon. Uh, Cologne is way up there, but that is incorrect. I'll, uh, I'll give you another shot. Jamie Moyer, Phil Necro, or Tim Wakefield? How about Jamie Moyer? 
Very good. Jamie Moyer has allowed. How about throw out just a number? What do you? How many do you think he's he's given up in his career? His long career that spanned till he was like what forty six, forty seven. I mean, unbelievable how long he pitched. But if you had to put a number on it, I'm just gonna wild guess four hundred, roughly okay. four hundred. Yeah, a little bit more. 522 home runs wow. allowed wow. in his career. That's what happens when you pitch for 25 years in the bigs. Man. You're going to give up a home run or two. Just saying. Ugh. But imagine having to turn your head uh, and discuss 522 times, though. I mean, how's his neck? Poor guy. I'm sure his, yeah. His neck might be hurting, but I'm sure his bank account isn't. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing just fine in that respect. Say, okay. I'll give up 500 plus home runs for millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Me too, well, Kevo. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't? Come on. Well, Sue John, thank you so much for the time. Do you want to plug any social media or, or anything you have going on? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can follow me on at Sunjum, S U N J U M. I uh, just, you know, tweet about in Tampa sports here and there. I'm really excited about this year. Um, hopefully the season happens, but we'll see what happens there. But thanks now, for having uh, me guys. Appreciate you know, it. Of course. Of course. Sujan. Now I have one more question before you go. Uh, it's uh, how many games were you planning on going to the trap for the 2020 season? To the trap. Uh, I do live in Orlando, so it's a bit of a, you know, drive and you're planning out a little bit. Uh, so I would say about try to make it at like three to four. Now that I'm awesome. here, awesome. That's a that's a that's a great number to hear from somebody from Orlando. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to put put it out there, Sue John. So thank you so much for answering that question. Yeah, that that's also no excuse for people that live in the Tampa Bay area not to at least go to like half a dozen games. I mean, if Sue John is going to three or four or planning to go to three or four from orlando you can make the drive to the trop and and sit through the traffic for an hour and a hour and a half for for a few more games just putting that out there well again sue john thank you so much for joining us and yes hopefully we will have a season started and we'll get to uh celebrate baseball together and and we'll maybe try to have you on uh again another time uh for trivia or some other segment as well absolutely thank you thank you guys appreciate it have a good day All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.